looking out your window and someone is climbing through your neighbor's window now what would you probably do first you'd probably see if it was your neighbor which would be kind of weird because you probably never noticed your neighbor in that kind of a position right but if you're like no that's definitely not my neighbor what do you do next you call the police why because they're climbing through the window you know that there's a problem you learn that from Jesus right here No one likes to be told that there is only one way to do something. But if the one way to do something is exclusively true, then that's the only way. Today, Pastor Daniel will teach about the statement we hear from Jesus, I am the door. Jesus says it clearly in the Word that He is the only way, which makes a lot of us uncomfortable. But it's not bragging coming from the Savior. He is truly the only bridge to abiding with the Father. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, I Am The Door. You know, I love, in every generation, the television shows that are popular in a generation tell you a lot about that generation. I watched a TED Talk about that where they were talking about how in each generation you can learn about that generation based on the things that they value. And I thought it was kind of interesting because if there's something unique about the television shows in this generation, it's got to be the advent of the reality TV show. Now, I don't know if it's that our generation um, is craving more real life than we're already living, but there is one reality TV show that I think is really interesting, and that's the, the one that's called Undercover Boss. You guys ever see that one? Where like the CEO of a company comes and he works in the company, but they don't know who, that he's the CEO. And the show, it's kind of a, it's, it's a calamity, really. Because what the CEO thinks that his company is, is one thing, and the way the employees interpret the experience, a whole other thing. And then at the point when they realize it's the CEO, it gets all kind of awkward and uh, interesting. And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what the incarnation of Jesus Christ is like. Not in the fact that God did not understand what was going on in the earth. God absolutely knows what's going on. But what's interesting is that Jesus The word becoming flesh, God taking on a human form and walking among us, he is in the constant process of revealing to the world who he is. And oftentimes, the way Jesus identifies himself to us catches us off guard. Because there's a part of us that doesn't expect that this would be who God was. This is the way God sees Things. And that is why we're doing this series in the Gospel of John called I Am, Meeting Jesus Again for the Very First Time. Because no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, or if you're here today and you're simply checking the whole Jesus thing out, Jesus always turns up unexpectedly. 
He reveals himself in an unexpected way. He shows us the heart of God in ways that we would never have fathomed. And I believe that walking with God will always be something that is unexpected because God is infinite and we are finite. God in who he is is absolutely holy. And that word means other or distinct. And none of us can really claim our own personal holiness, right? Anybody like really feeling super holy today? If you just thought, yes, I'm here to tell you, you just lost the prize right there. If you're like, oh, it was a great day. Oh, take a do-over. So I want you to turn to John chapter 10 as we take this third I am statement, John chapter 10. Now, I want to tell you, there's actually two I am statements in John 10. So we'll take one this week and one next week. The more commonly known John 10 I am statement is, I am the good shepherd. But you're going to have to come back to get that one. The first I am statement is in the beginning of John chapter 10. Don't forget, if you're new to the Bible, we want to get you to John's gospel. The first two-thirds of your Bible, we call it the Old Testament. It's everything that leads up to the birth of Jesus. And then the last third is called the New Testament, and that is the story of the birth of Jesus going on from there. And so you have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. So it's the very fourth book in what we call the New Testament. And as we always like to say, chapter 10 sits conveniently between chapters 9 and chapters 11. So picking up in verse 1 of John chapter 10, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, you notice that Jesus says in verse 7 and then again in verse 9, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. So that is our I am statement. Now, because we're dropping into chapter 10, this teaching comes on the heels of Jesus having another confrontation with the Jewish leaders. Remember, there was this man who was a beggar who was excommunicated because Jesus touched him and healed him. Now, 
I give you that context because, as I've said many times, you take a text out of its context, and what do you have left? A con. That's good, right? Context. You take the word text out, you have a con left. And we need to always see the Bible in its context. So Jesus, once again, is having trouble with the religious leaders. Now, the reason he's having trouble with them now is because he had the audacity to heal a man who had an infirmity for a long, long time, and they just didn't like it. So you realize that sometimes... People are so wrong, they can't even see a good thing when it happens. And Jesus is having this issue with them. And then he begins, most assuredly, I say to you. Now, how many of you know what when it says, most assuredly, I say to you, or amen, amen, I say unto you, or verily, verily, I say unto you. What does Jesus mean when he says that? Listen up. He's saying, focus, focus. I'm going to tell you something important. I love that. When Jesus says that, he wants to grab their attention. He's saying, most assuredly, this is important. Take heed to what I'm going to say. Now, look at what he says first. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So what does this teach us? This teaches us that the door is the proper way in. The door is the proper way in. Now, that seems kind of like, well, okay, Fusco, well, duh. But that's exactly the point that Jesus is making. The proper way into a house is through the what? The door. The proper way into the bathroom is through the, the door. The proper way into the store is what? Through the door. And that's exactly, see, Jesus is so deep sometimes. Because it's like, it's so obvious, but yet, so often, we miss how obvious it really is. See, he's the door, and he's saying, look, the door is the proper way to get in somewhere. And he's talking here about a sheepfold. Now, back in the day, anybody, any of you have sheep at your house? Great. Me neither. So let me explain it to you all, because none of us have them. And especially we don't have a, a sheepfold circa about 30 AD as we would date it today, right? So a sheepfold, it was a rough stone or a mud brick structure that was only partially roofed, if covered at all. It was very often just a covering over a cave and it was a very, very rough structure, right? And so you would think, this is just like a, a little, like almost, imagine like a dog run. That's something that some of you have. We have this little place where your dog goes, right? It's the same kind of a thing. And what Jesus is saying is that, listen, he says that he who does not enter through the door but climbs in some other way is a thief or a robber. Now, could you imagine if all of a sudden you're looking out your window and someone is climbing through your neighbor's window? Now, what would you probably do? First, you'd probably see if it was your neighbor, which would be kind of weird because you probably never noticed your neighbor in that kind of a position, right? But if you're like, no, that's definitely not my neighbor, what do you do next? You call the police. Why? Because they're climbing through the window, you know that there's a problem. You learn that from Jesus right here. See, he's saying, look, the door's the proper way in. Anybody who's coming in another way is a thief or a robber. 
Pretty logical, right? But look at what he says. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So he's saying, look, in the sheep pen, there's a door. And the only person who comes in the door is the shepherd who is responsible for the sheep. The door's the proper way in. And when Jesus says something like in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He's talking about the same thing. He's saying, look, there is a way into the house of God, and that is through the door, and I am the door. Now, this is why Jesus has and will always be the most controversial human being who ever lived. Because he's saying, look, I am the way into the presence of God and there is no other way. Jesus is so exclusive that he makes us uncomfortable. How often have you seen an advertisement? The only place to get your car fixed. Right? This is the only place that you can do this. This is the only doctor who can, who can fix your eyesight with LASIK surgery and it'd be perfect. We struggle in this generation with exclusive claims, don't we? When someone says, this is the only way, we'd be like, uh, no. But the thing is, is if the exclusive claim is exclusively true, then it's not egomania. It's not boasting. It is just real life. And when Jesus says, I am the way in, he's not lying to us. Now, does that mean that every religion, everything is wrong with it? The answer to that is no. In every religion, there are things that they talk about that is truth. But all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. So there might be a reflection of something that's good. But unless a religion says, you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus because he is the only way in, that religion is wrong. Not because I said it, but because that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Now, does that mean we should hate other religions? No. Anywhere in the Bible, does, does Jesus say you should hate other things? No, what are we called to do? To love. But loving does not mean believing. Loving does not mean agreeing. See, Jesus is the proper way in. When he says, look, if you're trying to get in another way, you don't belong there. And if Jesus is the door into the presence of God, then you want to enter by the door, right? Because it's the proper way in. Now, I'm sure that there's some people, listen, you just heard me say that, and you're like, you know, that's just why I don't like Christianity. Why does Jesus have to be the only way? And the answer is, is I don't know. Like, I know that we all want to believe that, listen, it's all the same. It all gets you to the same place. That suits our culture. But just because it suits our culture doesn't mean it's actually going to get us there. And Jesus said that he was the only way. 
and that he's the only one who ever pleased the Father, and that through his death and subsequent resurrection, we have our sins forgiven, and we have newness of life, and that's where it lands, then in the end of the day, if you study every religion, you will still put your faith and trust in Jesus, because he's the only one who says, look, I'm the only way in, and this is how I get you in. And so I really want to encourage you, if you struggle with the exclusive claims of Jesus, before you dismiss what he's saying, you need to actually really study what he's saying. I know that's how it happened for me. When I started reading about religions when I was in college, I remember I had heard about Jesus a little bit growing up, but not a lot, and there wasn't anything substantial. And then I started hearing these things, like he said these things, I'm like, well, I got to find out if he really said this stuff and what does it mean? And then I started reading it. And I'm like, man, but nobody ever spoke this way and nobody ever acted this way. See, either Jesus is the biggest megalomaniac who ever lived or he's exactly who he said he was. There's that old saying, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's what? The Lord. And, you know, that's pretty solid stuff because he has to be one of those three things. He has to be certifiably out of his mind. He has to be a compulsive liar or he's exactly who he said he is. And most people who dismiss Jesus haven't ever actually given him the opportunity to say, this is who I am. So if he's going to make a claim that he's the only way in, he's the door, the proper way into the presence of God, We should say, well, I need to find out if this guy is really who he says he is or if he's a charlatan. So the door is the proper way in. And if you come in through a window, you're a thief or a robber. But the one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now in verse 3, look at what it says. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now, you notice Jesus starts talking about the one who enters by the door is the shepherd. And we're going to see that next. So we're going to kind of table all the shepherd talk. But I want you to notice, not only is the door the proper way in, the door is the proper way out as well. The door is the proper way out. Look at what he says. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings them out, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. So not only is Jesus the proper way in, but Jesus is also the proper way out. Now, I think this is important. I think this is exceedingly important because so often you come to church and the church is like, you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus and that's your way to get into heaven. And that's true. But also we come in to get ourselves born again that God can do a work in our lives and then God leads us where? Out. See, it's not only about coming to Jesus and being saved. Now Jesus wants to lead you out into the world. See, I've said this a lot here at Crossroads, that Jesus does not only want to give us eternal life for ages upon ages, he wants to give us real life in the here and now. He wants to maximize this life. 
See, if you're here today and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus and you are in with the Father because of your faith in Jesus, now you need to let Jesus lead you out into the world, out into your school, out into your workplace, out into the highways and byways, wherever you find yourself, you are there with Jesus because he is not only the proper way in, he's the one who leads us out into the world. I love that about Jesus. If you read all through the Gospels, Jesus invites people to come to him, to come to him, come to me, come to me, come to me. And then after his crucifixion, after he's resurrected, you know what he tells his disciples seven out of eight times he talks to him? He says, now go. And that's the, that's the Jesus spirituality. The reality that we all want is that we come to Jesus and then he comes and he forgives us and he fills us with the spirit. And then he says, now go into the world. And Jesus wants to lead you into the world today. He wants to lead you into life. He wants to come and he wants to make your life different because he is not only the door that's the way in, he is also the way out. And he wants to lead us out into our lives. This reminds me of Romans chapter 8 verse 14 that says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And 2000 years ago when it says sons of God, it means sons and daughters of God. That was when we used to call it mankind and not humankind. Because back in the day, they didn't have uh, gender neutrality language issues like we have today. So when it says sons of God, it means the children of God, the people of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the people of God. Now, see, what's fascinating about this is that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and he calls his own sheep by name and they hear him and he leads them out. Now we're going to see this more next week, but the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Now, my friends, if you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you need to learn to hear the shepherd's voice. Now, you know, why I think this is important. Because all of us have a lot of voices going. I'm not saying that you're all got like 90 voices in there. Like you need to go to the hospital and get put in a straight jacket and on some really heavy meds. I'm not saying that. In our hearts and in our minds, in a lot of ways, it's like a, it's like one of those political talk shows. You know, where there's people just yelling at each other. And whoever yells the loudest gets to talk the longest. That goes on inside of each one of us where there's the voice of the way that you were raised for good and bad, that's in there. And then it's the voice of your own self-doubt, your own garbage is in there. And then there's that kind of internal critic that all day long you hear that, yeah, you're no good, you got it all messed up, man, God could never love you and no one else could either. And just, yeah, eat that box of Twinkies, it's good for you, it's going to help your heart. That's one of my voices in my heart, you know. Anyone got a Twinkie? I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. See, there's all these different commentaries going on inside of each one of us. But then there's the voice of your shepherd who says, look, listen, you're not perfect, but I love you still. And you know what? I chose you knowing that you didn't have it all together. And you know what? You're never going to have it all together, but I'm doing a work in your life. And you know what? Yeah, you totally messed it up. I still love you. I never stopped. I can't ever stop. I love you because I'm loving, not because you're exceedingly lovable. So don't worry about it. I've forgiven you. Will you forgive yourself? 
Come on, join with me as we change the world. Jesus is As we heard today, the door that opens to Jesus calls us into Him. But it also sends us out into the world as a light that radiates the Savior. There is only one door to salvation, and Jesus wants everyone to know that the truth is only through God. God is doing some amazing things with Jesus is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is Real Radio on more radio stations worldwide to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is Real Radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share how important relationship building is between the shepherd and his sheep. When we know Jesus, we can distinguish his voice apart from any other. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled I Am. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio 